Pastor Paul, I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you, Pastor Shadi. Thank you so much. I consider this a huge honor and a privilege, you know, to stand before God's children to bring God's word. Well, today, um, what we're going to talk about is something simple. Like Hebrews chapter 2 says, Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1, it says, let us take heed. Let us pay attention to the things that we have learned, lest we sleep away. Now, that's the King James Version. Um, in the old, um, in the King James, um, that's the New King James. Um, in the Old King James or the King James, it says, "Lest we let them sleep" or something like that. It, it sort of suggests there's a way you will read that, and it will suggest to you like is the word of God that is slippery. You know, I, I've I've heard some people say that. Now, I'm not trying to give some new revelation and all that. I just read it in another translation, and I realized that the focus was on us rather than on the word. You know, that if you don't keep paying attention to the things you know, right, the, you will slip away from them. You yourself will slip away from them. That's, that's it, it's biblical principle. You know, that's what the New King James says. Lest we sleep away. We are the ones that will sleep away from the truth. And uh, so what I'm trying, what I'm going to share today is not something new. I'm not, uh, again, I know that this is a word church. Pastor Paul mentored people who mentored me, you know. So <laughs> I'm not coming here to share something that uh, is is deep and revelational in that sense. I'm just coming to remind you and myself of the things that the word of God says. So today we're going to talk about increasing your spiritual effectiveness. Praise God forevermore. You know, increasing your spiritual effectiveness. You know, the Bible says in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, one of the most important things as believers that God has called us to do. Now, this is not just about, um, what is it called, ministry. It's just about the fact that we are believers and disciples of Jesus. It's to be witnesses. You know, when we hear the word witnesses as believers, the, the next thing that comes to your mind is street evangelism. You know, is street evangelism good? Yes, it is. But I'm not, I'm not talking about evangelism in that sense. I'm talking about the fact that we as believers ought to be witnesses. People need to see us and call us Christ-like. That there is something different about you. It seems to me that you are a follower of Jesus. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. You know, that um, people wouldn't look at you and be confused. I thought you say you are a Christian. Now, I'm not just talking about your lifestyle alone. Because again, when we start talking along this line, the next thing you start thinking about is your lifestyle. I'm talking about everything about you. I remember one time, you know, I'm talking about Destiny again. Because you know him, I will just talk about some of my stories with him. You know, I was um, after that period, we just kept um, fellowshipping together and things like that. One day he met me on the road where I was going, yeah, one of these roads where we go to pray in, in, in sports center. And he looked at me and said, Emeka, what is your purpose in life? You know, <laughs> you know, when somebody asks you that, you're thinking, um... Um, my purpose in life, you know, I, I just kept saying, um, what's my purpose in life? Uh, I, I couldn't tell him anything. He said, your purpose in life is to be conformed to the image of Christ. 
You know, when he said that to me, he got me thinking because I went back home and I started thinking about it. You see, everything here we, we, we are to do, whether you're a doctor, whether you're a minister, it makes no difference. Right? What we're supposed to do is to be like Christ. And everything that Christ did, everything that Christ represents is supposed to flow through us. And really, that's why we're talking about how to increase our spiritual effectiveness, how to be effective in the things of the Spirit. And we're going to look at some points. But it's really not about the points. It's really about you just going out there and being an effective witness for the kingdom of God. Praise God. Mark 11. Mark 11. Uh, Mark 16, sorry. Yeah. Mark 16, 15. The Bible says, and he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. This is not an evangelism sermon, and you will see why. He's not trying to encourage you to evangelize. We're going to evangelize, but that's not the core of this sermon. You know, he says, Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. And he who does not believe will be con- condemned. Now, verse 17 begins to talk to us. He says, and these signs, tell somebody these signs. He said, these signs shall follow or will follow them who believe. Right? Who are the people who believe here? You see, the job, there's no such thing as a believer who doesn't believe. You see, your primary job description is to what? Believe. That's why we are called believers. Like our default state is faith. Like by default. Like you have to be out of line to doubt. Even in loving and relating with people, your default state is to believe somebody. When he tells you that, I'm going to do this, I'm going to go here. Oh, okay, all right, that's fine. Your default state. You say, oh, I didn't know he said that he'll come. He said, no, 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 that is it. he said that he'll come. Our default mode is believing. You see, as believers, you know, we need to act out who we are, generally. It's our natural habitat. We see this, Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. We walk by faith and not by what? Sight. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4. The just shall live by faith. Romans 1, 17. The just shall live by faith. Galatians 3, 11. The just shall live by faith. Hebrews 10, 38. The just shall live by faith. So, that's our default habitat. So, Jesus is saying here that these signs shall follow them that believe. It says, what is the first sign? In my name, they will cast out demons. Right? It, it, I, it, now, it's not every day you walk up to a demon in manifestation. It's not every day. But you see, people are running away from a mad person. You should be running towards a demon-possessed person. Some people are looking at me like, what's this guy? <laughs> we're talking about how to be an effective, um, is, uh, increasing your spiritual effectiveness. And when we go, I'm going to talk about the first point first. But he said, you know, they say, ah, man, that person is like literally, there are evil spirits walking from the person. And people are running away from the person. You know, yesterday we were in a meeting. We talked about, they talked about a particular person who just comes and taps, say, I'm here. You know, there, there's an issue. A person is sick. He just taps the sick person and says, don't worry, I'm here. Bible says, this sign shall follow them that believe. They shall cast out demons. 
You know, the demon is tormenting somebody. And people are running helter-skelter. How can we help? Doctor says we can't help this person. You know, and things like that. You just show up and say, don't worry, guys. I'm around. I say, who are you? (laughs) He said, I'm a believer. That's all. Praise God. Remember, I'm saying we're just reminding ourselves of things we know. That's what we're doing today. Just reminding ourselves of things we know. I understand that um, church is going to go into some fasting and prayers from next week and all that. It is a time of consecration. We're going to talk about that. It's a time of, you know, putting your flesh, saying off food, saying, sometimes, let me say this about fasting. You know, sometimes they say, okay, we're fasting from um, um, the previous night to 6, 8 p.m. or wherever. You know, we're breaking at 4, you know. Um, um, people just go to work without food and they do a, what's it called? They do a hunger strike. That's it. Um, they actually at work, are you fasting? Say, are you eating? Say, no, 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 don't worry, I'm fine. And you're busy, you walk all through. And when it's time to break, you, you, whether you're coming to church or you're going at home, you just come and you then hurry down the food. I say, you fasted. Uh, no. Uh, no, no. What you just did was, you, so there are times that you get so engrossed in work that you forget to eat, right? That's exactly what you did. It's just that this time, at behind your head, right, you were, you know. The, the reason for taking some time out of fast, now I know that I'm not saying that you should take a leave or things like that. The reason for taking out some time to fast is also to, to spend some time with God. You had work. I've done this. I've worked in a nine-to-five, as you call it, and things like that. So I'm not telling you something I've not done. You know, when, when you have some, you create, deliberately create some time. You know, you are not talking to somebody, your lips are moving. That's one good thing about praying in other tongues. You know, I had to learn it, speaking to yourself, speaking to yourself, speaking to yourself. You know, I'm not talking to you, I'm talking to me. I'm <laughs> Praise God. And your mouth is moving. You know, you're just, you're praying in other tongues. Well, we'll get there. Let's, let me not get ahead of myself. It says, in my name they will cast out demons. In my name they will speak with new tongues. I know that this is a word church, so speaking with tongues is not a problem here. You know, in my name there will, some people say that I'm not supposed to speak in tongues. Not everybody that is supposed to, that is supposed to speak in tongues. I say, well, it's okay. It's okay. You know, there's a phrase we used to use then in school that I wonder how life is like for people who do not speak in other tongues. I can tell you what life was like before I spoke in tongues. You know, it used to be that I, I used to hear that people used to go and spend three hours in prayer. You know, I used to wonder, what do they used to see? Three hours. You know, because then I went closer. Now, these guys were filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, I went closer. And I, I, I hear them, they start from Genesis. In Genesis, you are this. In Exodus, you are that. In Leviticus, you are that. And you get to Revelation. By the time they get to Revelation, 20 minutes has passed. I was like, okay. Then they will now start saying, Lord, you are the great I am. Then they will go through all the names of God. Ah! I say, God, if this is all prayer is about, I cannot pray. Because I can't remember all the names of God. I can't remember what he is in Genesis now. I can do that now if I want to. You know, but then I was like, I can't remember all of all these things. How are these guys getting, you know, then they will come and they will start praying in a very ecclesiastical manner. And they will be talking to God, my God, I'm not this fluent in English. Even in Igbo that I'm supposed to be from, I don't even know how to speak Igbo like this. Then they will say, God, you are Jehovah this, Jehovah Makadesto, you are Jehovah that. You are Je-. I'm like, God, I can't pray like this. 
Then I go to pray. I say, today I'm going to spend one hour praying. One hour praying. You know, then I pray for myself. I pray for my dad. I pray for my mom. I pray for my siblings, our dog, and everything. Then I look at the time. It's 10 minutes. You know, I, I think about all the things I need to pray about. I think about it. Then I pray about it. I look at the time again. It's five minutes. Then I just sit down. I say, Lord, I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to pray. Teach me. That, that, that was when that hunger, you know, there was something in me saying there was more. I got, a, got into a group of people. And you see, you see the way I'm holding my waist. You know, and, and I set my head. We're trying to pray. They now started teaching us how to pray in a certain way. You know, you know, I've talked about this before. You know, uh, what's it called? They'll give a prayer point. And one of the prayer points we used to pray is, Father, let your glory fall. I don't know what that prayer meant as at then, but we just take it. And if there are seven people praying, we take our different parts. Somebody takes Father. The other person takes let, the other person takes your, the other person takes glory, and the other person takes fall. You know, if you come late to the prayer meeting, the parts have been shared. <laughs> so you better, you can, might as well just go home. You know, so we just put our hands together and all of us just stay like this. And somebody just say, Father, the other person let, the other person glory, fall. And we just keep going, Father, but, Father, you know, and we just keep doing that. And the truth is that we can be there. You see, it's not, we can get aggressive at some point. I'm telling you, we can get aggressive where we're sweating and we're just digging it in the place of prayer. You know, but I, at some point in time, the novelty of that wore out. I knew inside of me. Now, God blessed us as much as he could. Right, he blessed us as much as he could. We saw some tremendous things. This was in universities. We had some revivals. We had some things that the best we could, the best we knew how. But that's the best we could do. You know, but this is what happened. You know, I said, I knew inside of me that there was more. There was something more. There was something more. I knew that I wasn't being spiritually effective. I knew there was this hunger for more. By the day, the day I got born again, no, sorry, I got filled with the Holy Ghost. And I prayed one hour stretch. I looked at my time. It didn't look like anything had happened to me. I was like, wow, so it is possible to pray for an hour. One day I just started and said, you know what, I'm going to do three hours. Another time I started, I said, you know what, the whole of the day, I'm in the house, there's nothing I'm doing, I'm just going to be praying in what? In tongues. You know, somebody said, what happened to you? First of all, my spirit man was edified. <laughs> you know, sometimes we don't, we don't appreciate. We don't appreciate well, I, I, I'll get there. <laughs> he said, they, they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick, and they will recover. Now, point one, increasing your spiritual effectiveness. Dare to be bold. Dare to be bold. You know, um, I, I think it is Proverbs chapter 28, verse 1. The Bible says, The wicked flees when no one pursues, but the righteous is as bold as a lion. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. You know, sometimes we, we, you know, Acts chapter 1, verse 8 says, But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You know, a lot of times when we think, when we talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we tend to only emphasize the initial evidence. 
which is speaking in other tongues. That's all we emphasize. We do not emphasize the other side of it that the Bible talks about you shall receive what? You know, Ephesians 1 verse 19 says, um, verse 18, uh, verse 17 and 18, you know, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? Now, verse 19, Bible scholars have said is the most powerful verse in the Bible. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 19. That is the most powerful verse. What do they mean? That almost all the words used there are connected with the word power. Go and check it in your concordance. I'm sorry, your Bible dictionary. Verse 19 says, what is the exceeding? It has something to do with power. Greatness. It has something to do with power. Of his power. <laughs> to us word who believe, according to the working, it has something to do with power. Of his mighty power. Right? Now, this is where I'm going to. It says that you may know what is the exceeding greatness of his power. Now, that what's worst word. I used to pray that this prayer. I pray, I pray consistently in my life. I used to pray that prayer consistently while I was on campus too. That's the way I can quote everything. You know, because I pray those prayers consistently. I don't have Brother Tug's, um, um <laughs> You know, but I, there are scriptures that because by the reason of use. Praise God. You know, I can just quote them. You know, so I, I, I prayed this prayer consistently and said to us word. What does that mean? To us word. I was just praying, Lord, what does that mean? To us word. You know, and, and, and just right in here. Now, I'm not saying this is the only meaning of this, right? But right in here, I could sense the Holy Spirit say, you know, substitute that word for available to you. What is the exceeding greatness of his power that is available to you or to those who believe? <laughs> oh, glory be to God. You see, the power of God is available to us. You see, it's this understanding that will make you bold like a lion. Boldness. You see, that boldness, that, they, you know, somebody who actually, there's something about you. I remember when I was working in, in northeastern Nigeria. You know, not Eastern Nigeria. This was the time where Boko Haram was busy bombing places. This was around 2014. You know, I was working in a state called Bauchi State. There was one LGA that the Boko Haram boys, they had a time that they usually used to come out and raid. You know, and I remember that we went to one of the LGAs to go do some work. And we sort of got caught up until we got late. But those are not the places to go and sleep. You know, so we had to go back to the state capital. You know. And as we're going back, we're going to cross one of those ALGAs around that same time that Boko Haram usually raid. You know, they had told me about it, you know. And as, as, as things were going, you know, one of the guys there, you know, one of the people, were three of us, the driver, one of the state folks, and myself. You know, he said that, he, you know, I, I, I just put my head on the, on the chair and I was trying to sleep because I was tired. This was around 7 p.m. And, and the person said that if a mechanic know, knows where we're passing through, he will not be sleeping. <laughs> you know what I did? I intensified the sleep. <laughs> you know, when we got back, he said, I noticed that you were so calm. I said, yes. He said, weren't you scared that something was? I said, no. Nothing is going to happen. Hmm. He, he just took a note of me that this guy is a weird guy. I said, yeah. 
the righteous is bold. Again, I'm not just talking, you know, there's a way you can teach some of all these things you're talking. I know this is not evangelism week or month. I, I, I don't know where, I know that that's not what your emphasis is. But that's not just what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the fact that you need to understand that you have, you have something working for you and in you and with you, you know, that you can actually fathom. And if you can pay attention to that thing that is working for you and in you and with you, there is such boldness that you exhibit in life. Somebody asked me, you know, I, I worked in the secular sector for more than five years. How, how come you are so sure about your life? You know, how come you are so certain that, you know, that you, you don't, I've never seen you afraid. I've never seen you confused. I've never seen you. Yes, I, the righteous is bold like a lion. It's more like a lion. Like, you, you, you're fearless, you, you, you know? Sometimes you, you think that it, it is, um, this, this thing comes as a result of a barry. I think that's what they call it. You know, that it's as a result of some braggadocio. You know, there are some people that are naturally bold. You know, they are naturally courageous. But you see, let me tell you, eh? They are always afraid to. When the robber meets the road, they too will what? Run. The righteous is bold like a lion. And what is that source of that boldness? Is the fact that you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. How many people have received the Holy Ghost here? Glory be to God. There is that boldness. There is that, there is that certainty. You know, the, the Bible says... Um, Acts chapter 4 verse, um, if you read Acts chapter 4, you know, Acts chapter 3, Peter and John had gone into the temple, raised this particular crippled man. You know, a lot of stories, a lot of things. You know, basically the Pharisees and the Sadducees were jealous of them, the Sanhedrin. These guys are about to win over our converts from us. You know, so they warned them. They, they persecuted them. They warned them not to preach again in the name of Jesus. The Bible says in verse 29 of Acts chapter 4, the Bible says, Now, Lord, look on their threats. That's all they said about the problem. You know, I've been in places where people talk about, you know, I want you to be bare before God. Tell him how you feel. Tell him how you, you know, cry before God. Again, I'm not, uh, there's nothing wrong with crying. My wife cries for both of us, you know. No, that's, that's the truth. She cries for both of us. It's okay, you know. Thank God, God gave me a crying wife. So that I, because I, if it was by crying, you know, I would have realized that probably I wasn't in good fellowship with God. You know, I come to church, you know, I see people, tears are flowing. I'm saying, Lord, when would tears come down my eye? You know, I realized then that it wasn't, that it, there were some people that were more talented for tears to come down their eyes than others. You know, so I've accepted my lot that, you see, even during my dad's burial, when my dad died, I didn't cry. It was until they were put in the, and, and I, somebody just came to hug me and everything just came. But after that, I just walked away, cleaned my eyes, and that was it. And somebody said, so did you mourn? Yes, I did, but in my own way. I don't know if you understand. <laughs> you know, but some people, their streams of tears, the streams of words, it's okay. You know, but one of, the, one of the things I realize is that your faith is what makes God move on your behalf. Some people say, no, let, let's cry before God. Let's tell him how you feel. It's okay. I, you see, but for me, I have learned that what pleases God is faith. You see these people, they would have come to Jesus like the children of Israel and said, Lord, did you bring us? Did you save us? Did you go and die so that these people will come and kill us? 
That's what the, the disciples could have behaved like that. But they said, Lord, behold your threatenings. You see, just look at what they said. But this is really what we want. He says, and grant to your servants that with all boldness. <laughs> That we're all boldness. Because we realize that if we are bold like a lion, it doesn't matter what is coming against us. We will keep marching forward and doing that which you have called us to do. Tell somebody boldness. Boldness. That we might speak your word. You know, in Ephesians chapter 6, Paul telling the church, um, the, 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 the church in Ephesus, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 19 to 20, he says, um, after in verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. You know, in verse 19, he then goes on to say, and for me that all trials might be given unto me, yeah, that I might open my mouth boldly. He said, that I might open my mouth boldly. You know, that I might open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. You know, there is something about the boldness that we need as believers. Again, I'm not just talking about ministry. I'm talking about you as a believer. You're out there. You're speaking boldly. You're living boldly. There's such a thing about boldness. You know, Brother Hagin puts it this way. You need boldness in three different realms. You need boldness before God. Hebrews chapter 4 talks about let us come boldly before the throne of grace. He didn't say let's come timidly. He didn't say let's come shyly. He says let's come boldly. Tell somebody boldly. Boldly. You see when you come to church, you did something wrong. You, 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 you want to pray and as you lift up your hands to, to pray to God, you know the devil reminds you of that wrong thing that you did. You know what you should do? The devil is trying to get you to say, put down your hand. Come on, yeah, you see now. Put down your hand. That thing you see, you just call somebody on the road to church now. You know, you, he drive, drove in front of you anyhow. You told him, you know, your father or something like that. You know, you just, you just insulted somebody. You are not worthy to come before God. You know, the Bible didn't say that we should come before the throne of grace to obtain mess, um, to obtain favor. Or it didn't say, well, favor is closely related. It didn't say to obtain blessings. You know, it didn't say to obtain money. It didn't say to obtain good things that you would naturally go to ask of your father. It says to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. When he talks about mercy, there are different ways that the mercy of God, we can see that it works in the Old and the New Testament. The mercy of God works, you know, with forgiveness of sins. That means that when you're coming boldly to come and ask for forgiveness, you're not coming, you know, like that son, you know, that says, Father, I'm coming so that I can become a son in your kingdom. You know, the reason Jesus told, one of the reasons Jesus told that story is for us to know how not to come before God. You know, because the Father completely ignored him. Have you realized that? That the father completely ignored that request. He said, bring the gold, bring the ring, bring, bring the clothes. Let my son is home. You know, like it doesn't matter what you did. You did it anyway, right? Which one of us have not done something bad before? He said, let's come what? Boldly. Not, not arrogantly, but boldly. Not arrogantly, but boldly. That you see, what, what is that consciousness of boldness that you have? That God will not turn me back. You know, I was reading my daily Bible reading recently and talked, uh, and I was reading about Ahab. Ahab was one of the worst kings of Israel. The only person that did better than him was Jeroboam. Or worse than him. In being the worst king. It, it was Jeroboam. You know, but you see, God came, sent a, a prophet to go tell Ahab, 
that this is what is going to happen to you. This is what is going to happen to your family. This I'm going to completely annihilate. The Bible says that Ahab went before God and repented in ashes and sackcloths. Ahab. Ahab. The, one of the worst kings, the second worst king in Israel. It was on Forbes book, um, Forbes um, list of worst kings. <laughs> but he repented before God. I wish he had continued. But he repented before God. And God told the prophet, see, I am not, see how Ahab has humbled himself before me. You see those things I said? It will not happen in his lifetime. I will spare his eyes. Sometimes you do not, you, you might not understand the mercy of God. You know, that I will spare his eyes from seeing his generations being wiped out. That is the mercy of God. Sometimes we do not understand that. That, that there was a king in, in Judah that before him, before his very own eyes, the, the Babylonian kings killed his children before his very own eyes. And then God died. You, see, it's better, you see, when they put, if you, if you are the one now, I don't want you to imagine it, but think, you know, it's better, you say, you know what, kill me, let my children leave. That's the natural instinct of the family, of the parent. Take me. You know, if there's not so much food in the house, you know, what is the first thing that comes to your mind? Let the children what? Eat. That is a natural instinct. But God's mercy protected Ahab from seeing that. If God can do that to the second worst king in Israel, how much more his own children? Come boldly. Tell somebody, come boldly. We need confidence before heaven. We need confidence on earth. You see, there is something that, you see, there is something about the, the boldness of a believer that will affect your self-esteem. Your self-esteem, even at work. I'm a believer. If I can stand before God, who is man? I remember, again, we're talking about increasing your spiritual effectiveness. You see, that if you're spiritually, it will affect Every area of your life. You know, I got a job, you know, and one of this job, one of the things I believed God for this particular job was the fact that it was going to meet, make me meet different kinds of people. And I'm talking about important people. You know, by the time I was done, I had made presentations to governors, army generals, you know, just name all politicians, just name those important people across the country. I've met them and done presentations before them. I remember the first presentation I made. You know, I, I, I saw that group. I was, I was just an analyst. I, I just came into the firm like two or three weeks, um, two or three months before then. I was like, how am I going to, what do I even know about this subject? I studied psychology. I was, I, I was thrust into the public health space. I didn't even know all the acronyms. I didn't even know a lot of things about that. You know, but I was going to make a presentation about what we did. You know, one of the consciousness, but the greater one is inside of me. <laughs> You know, when I stood there to make that, it felt like the anointing came on me to do a natural presentation. When I finished, they were like, who is that guy? Who is that guy? Who is that young man? You know, like, my, my boss said, well, he's, he's, he's my staff. He's with me. You know, I had the kind of boss that likes to be proud about his people. They, yeah, yeah, he's, my, he's with me. He's with me. You know, and I did this. I did, we did work with different kinds of firms. I don't want to mention their names here so that, you know, we don't give them free publicity. You know, but, but this is it, right? This is it. There, there was something. One day my boss looked at me, called everybody in the firm. You know, my seniors, a lot of people. He said, if there is one person in this organization that has a, the excellent spirit, is this guy. Everybody just turned. Who is the person he's talking about? He was pointing at me. 
Boldness. Tell somebody boldness. There is that something in the, you know, I just kept doing things like, you know, it was natural to me, and I still do that, because I had an understanding that if I can come before God, there is no man. I remember one time when we go make a presentation before an army general. He was a major general. And this guy was, first of all, he was angry with all NGOs, because they, according to them, they felt that the NGOs were part of the people that were sponsoring Boko Haram. So we went to go see him. Everybody, all of us, I'm talking about, name all the large health firms that you know about, health NGOs, including the international one. They all had representatives. And I was there with them, with my own small firm. You know? And we went, the man, we thought he was going to throw us into the guard room that night, that day. He kept going on and on. All of us were just like this. Everybody, we were, I'm telling you, literally, on the natural, I felt like this guy was about to throw us into jail. The way he finished talking. He kept talking and talking and talking. He was really angry. An army general. Like all he just needed to do, his boys would just come and pack all of us. <laughs> you know, he kept saying, he kept going on and on and on. When he finished, he now said, um, well, what did people come for? <laughs> there were about 10 of us. Everybody, and all of them were older than me, older than me in public health. Whether it's by, you know, me, I was just... Uh, by then I had done about four, point, um, four, four and a half years. All of them just looked at me and Mecca. <laughs> I'm like, you want me to do what presentation? You know, when I, by the time I was finished, the guy said, well, 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 well. I think we can help you. Like, they were so shocked. Everybody was shocked at how that thing turned around after I finished speaking. I didn't preach. It was presentation I made. What am I saying? The righteous is what? Bold as a lion. Glory be to God. The, the other one is you're bold, you're bold before the devil. Some people are scared of the devil. I remember one time in secondary school, uh, one, one of my colleagues, um, classmates came and met me and he said, you guys that are always disturbing the devil, that's why he'll come and disturb you. We, we Christians, we, we other kinds of Christians, we try to leave the devil alone. So when we leave him alone, he will not disturb us. I'm like, what kind of thinking is that? You know, I found out that the devil is under my feet because I'm seated far above all principality and power and might and dominion. And because I'm seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, I'm not scared of the devil. I'm not scared of the devil. I can look him right in the face. I don't care if he comes, you know, and he spreads my room with thick clouds and dark. I'm talking about his manifest presence in quotes. You know, I will still say, creator is he that is in me, that is he that is in the world. You know, my flesh might be cringing. You know, there's, there are some times that you can't help it. Your body is standing, your hair is standing at the back of your hair. You see, that is not the time to start shouting. That is the time to open your mouth and start speaking. Because as your mouth keeps talking, your body begins to respond to what your mouth is saying. Praise God forevermore. You meet the storm. You know, <laughs> recently coming to Lagos, I've never been in that. I've, I've, I've flown. I can't count how many times I've flown. You know, on, on an airplane, both international and natural, national trips, you know, within the country. But I've never had that kind of turbulence before. I've heard about people who have been in that kind of turbulence. The plane was a small plane. You know, the plane was dropping like this. And the pilot didn't tell us anything. You know, the air hostess was talking, her voice was shaking. 
people were shouting Jesus. People were shouting for their lives. In fact, by the time we landed, somebody just stood up. As, as the plane just hit the ground, I started going like this. It, it, it hadn't stopped. Somebody just stood up from his seat and ran to the door and stood there. That's how scared. The plane was still moving. It had just landed. The guy ran to the door and stood there. That's how much that turbulence was. You know, I looked at myself and said, ah, first of all, if I was going to die today, you know, Shabia would have known. You know, I would have known. At least I would have gotten a warning. I have the Holy Spirit. You know, this is what I was just thinking. I, I, I wasn't shouting or anything. I just, you know, say if I was going to die today, God would have warned me that I shouldn't have entered this plane. I prayed. I prayed in tongues. I, may, I, I endeavored to maintain a fellowship with God. Then I thought about it. This morning, before I even left, you know, I, I reminded myself of God's protection over my life by looking at Psalm 91 again. Now, I didn't do that because I was going to take a plane. That's part of my conscious, my regular devotions. Um, I dwell in the secret place of the Most High. Uh, by, you know, I, I just kept saying that. You know, that's part of it. So, I said that. Then I thought about it. Hmm. But there are several things that God has called me to do that I've not done. So, it's not just time. You know what I did? I ignored. Then I'm going to land. That's all. Where did that boldness come from? From my inside. Because of the word of God that I had put inside of me. People were shouting, screaming. <laughs> I just stayed still, calm and still. Then I looked inside. My heart was peaceful. Now, my mind was raging, you know. But my heart was peaceful. And I knew that nothing is going to happen. Praise God forevermore. Now, I know aviation people. They'll tell you. That when it comes to turbulences, it's just turbulence. That largely, except the engine fails, you know, something really major happens. You know, a plane is not really blown out of the sky like that. Sometimes, but people don't know that. People don't know that. That's the truth. They will tell you that. Except the engine fails. Let's say as a result of some of all those things, the engine then shuts down. That's when the plane can start going down. You know, but they won't tell you some of all those kind of things. That's why the pilot was, he didn't send us. <laughs> some people were swearing, I will never enter this plane again. <laughs> I was just laughing. Praise God forever, Bob. Glory be to God. Well, I have 15 minutes, so let me begin to fix the quick. You know, I've talked about some of all these things, but the second thing is to look to the greater one inside of you. Look to the greater one inside of you. Just be conscious of the greater one inside of you. First Corinthians chapter 3 verse 16. You know, in the Amplified, it says, Do you not discern and understand that you, the whole church in Corinth, are God's temple? First Corinthians 3 16. His sanctuary and that God's spirit has its permanent dwelling in you. To be at home in you, collectively as a church and also individually. You see, God's spirit lives inside of you. You know, somebody asks, what is the Holy Spirit doing inside of you? Is he just um, taking a ride? Is he hitchhiking a ride? Is he there to be a burden to you? No, he's inside of you to put you over. Glory be to God. You see, in the Old Testament, God was for Israel. Now, I want you to understand what it means for God to be for Israel. Now, you see, David understood the fact that God was for them. You know, it's not like when Nigeria and Ghana are playing ball. You know, you see two people praying. After they come out to the stadium, they'll come and pray. God can't answer Nigeria's prayer over Ghana's prayer. I don't know if you understand. That doesn't work. But you see, 
the children of Israel, God was bound by oath to be for them. Bound himself by an oath. The Bible talks about this in Hebrews, that by, by the virtue of two immutable things, in which God is saying it is impossible for God to lie. Two unchangeable things. And the second one is the oath. The first one is the fact that his word never fails, never lies. The second one is his oath. So he added an oath to an already impossible thing. Just to make sure Abraham understood. That you see, what I'm telling you, I'm going to fulfill. You know, David had that understanding. So that when he went into battle, he will come back and they will count all the men and none were missing. That's what it means for God to be for, for you. It also means, the Bible also talks about the fact that God was with them. Moses told God that if you are not going to go with us, we will not leave from this place. What does it mean for God to be with them? In the wilderness, God was with them by the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. He was there to be their protection. God was on their side. But you see, we have one better than them. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. You know, God is not only for us. The Bible says, if God be for us, who can be against us? God is not only with us. Jesus said that I will send another comforter and he'll be with you forever. He'll be with you. So the Holy Spirit is with us to help us. He's with us to comfort us. He's with us to do all of that that God has sent him to do in us. But not only that, he's also in us. Glory be to God. Oh, we are walking temples of the living God. Oh, glory be to God. God is with us. God is for us. But he's also in us. He's also in us. What is he in us to do? He's in us to put us over. He's in us to make us victorious every time. The Bible says, greater is he that is in you that is in, than he that is in the world. You see, if you understand this, you know, you will minister differently to the sick. You will minister differently to the sick around you. I'm not just talking about ministers. I'm talking about you. Your colleague is sick. You've been trying to preach the gospel to the person. He's not listening. You see that time? That's when you, you got minister. You know, I can lay hands on you and this sickness will go. I remember I had a colleague like that. He was sick. Be serious with God. He was just busy clubbing up and down. Be serious with God. He was busy clubbing up and down. One day he was sick. I went to his house, knocked on. Ah, what's up now? They said, I should come and check you. What's going on? He said, I'm not befitting. Do you want me to pray for you? He said, yes. Okay, I prayed for him. The next day he was at work. Then he met me. I said, what church do you attend again? He said, I, I think I should start coming to church. And that's how he said coming to church. He was a Christian, but you know, all those backslidden boys. And that's how he said, got in serious with God. Glory be to God. It wasn't an anointing. I didn't feel a special anointing. You know, it wasn't in the meeting where the power of God is flowing. I don't know if you understand. It was in his room. He had alcohol inside there, even as he was sick. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Look to the greater one inside of you. Look to the greater one inside of you. Look to the greater one inside of you. Glory be to God. I, I feel like we, I, I will just wrap up with this two, these two points. You know, maybe I'll continue it in the Yoruba service. Look to the greater one inside of you. Look to him. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Ah! You know, when you look at some of all these things, you ask yourself the question, why have I been living a defeated life? 
Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that, that um, um, things have been really, maybe for some people, things have been really tough. But you ask yourself again, why is it that I've not gotten that thing that I've been believing God for? Why is it taking too long? You know, you ask yourself the question, why is that symptom still spread, spending a lot of time in my body? Why, do, why does it seem like I pray sometimes and I do not get my answer? See, the, 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 one of the major things that you should be looking at is that have I come to the place where I am in an increasing understanding that I have the greater one inside of me. The greater one inside of me. You see, the greater one will put me over. I don't care what it is. I don't care if the mountain is this tall and I'm this short. You see, as long as I have the greater one, I'm bigger than that mountain. I will either go around it, I will either go over it, or I will go through it. But no matter what it is, I am going to defeat and walk over that mountain. Hallelujah. You know, tell somebody next to you, the greater one is in me. The greater one is in me. Is in me to put me over. Is in me to give me all that I need. He's in me to make me an effective Christian. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes you meet, you meet situations and circumstances that face you. You know, sometimes you, you go to work and because you're a Christian, somebody comes to meet you and say, how can I solve this problem? You know, my wife is about to leave me. My husband is doing this to me. And you ask yourself, I'm not a pastor. You know, I'm not, I'm not trained for this. I'm, I don't know what I'm supposed, how am I supposed to answer this person? You know what you should look at? He said, the greater one is in me. The greater one is in me. The greater one is in me. Sometimes we go into, um, what's it called? Into natural mood. And because we're living in this world, it's very easy to slip into the natural. You know, and we forget the supernatural. You know, you meet that kind of situation. You're not a pastor. You're not, you don't have any, any gifting as it were in that place. But just looking on the greater one, Holy Spirit, you know this situation. You know exactly what to do. You know, you, if you are the one that this person met, you will give him a solution. Well, he met me, and I know that you are in me. So you're going to give me the situation for this. You say, you know what, give me some time. Let me take some time praying, I'll come back to you. You know, you just go about and you're praying for that, your colleague. And just praying for that, your colleague. I just told you that. And you're praying for that, your colleague. Somebody say, can you do that? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. That's been a witness. That's been an effective witness. You're praying for that colleague and you're praying and saying, you know what? You know, you come and meet the person and say, ah, you know, I, you say, I, I'm, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not, you know, I, I, I don't do counseling or marriage counseling. But I seem to think, think that, you know, this is where the fault is. If both of you can do this for this, you know, and all that, you will get, you, and the person goes and do it. I say, he say, man, you know, I, 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 I will give my life for you. You saved my marriage. And you're not a pastor. You don't have a counseling ministry. You just leaned on who? You see, when you tell that person, let's go to church, you know what he's going to do? He'll follow you to church. If you tell that person, are you a Christian? He says, no. You know, Jesus can save you. The one that saved your marriage can save you. You know what he's going to do? He's going to follow you. Learn to listen to the greater one. Learn to pay attention to the greater one. The greater one is in you. You know, First Corinthians chapter 6 verse 19, it says, Or oh, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, whom you have, whom, and you are not of your own? For you were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. You see, the Holy Spirit is in us. The Holy Spirit is in us. One of the ways to be spiritually effective 
spiritually effective, to increase that effectiveness, is to pay attention on your inside. Pay attention on your inside. I know pastors have taught you about being led by the Spirit of God. Look into your spirit. Just pay attention. You know, sometimes, don't be in a hurry to give a solution. Don't be in a hurry to give a solution. You know, you are faced with a problem. Like Daniel, he said, give me some time. You know, this one that, why is the king behaving like a small boy like this? That small dream he had, and he, did, he wants to kill everybody. After he kills them, how will he, will he get the wise people to help him rule his country? He said, tell the king, that he should give us this so and so number of days. We'll come back to him with a solution. I can imagine all those other magicians, oh, well, ah. <laughs> because they were about to die. You know, and what did Daniel do? He went back to his own company. Sometimes you need those kind of people. You need those kind of people. I remember, I remember when we were faced with the challenge in my family. You just, just things where just got one of my siblings had this, you know, had this particular ailment. You know, I called Brashion Father and said, I said, can you, can you tie with me a little bit for, for the whole day on Saturday? He said, why not? I'm here with you. When Rema. <laughs> and we spent the whole day praying and fast. Just pray. Just pray. Now, I could have prayed on my own, right? But I needed somebody to help me. You know, I, we, just, we just sat, sat down and said, praying, praise God. We just prayed. We prayed. We prayed. We prayed one hour. We prayed two hours. We prayed three hours. You know, we're getting to the fourth to the fifth hour. We started getting an answer. Tongues and interpretations started coming up. God started showing us exactly how to deal with a particular situation. And we did. Glory be to God. You know, we, from there we went and prayed for some other people. And got some answers along those lines. Just taking some time out. You know, it's not every time, oh, then now you're going to do this, you're going to do this. And for me, I'm that kind of person. My mind is always, you know, they viab me that I'm being too strategic sometimes. You know, but you see, there's never any major decision I've made that I've not checked in with the greater one. Now, I'm not saying I should start checking on what clue to wear, you know, and things like that. That's not what I'm talking about. You have enough mind to do that. You know, but there's no major decision. I've, I've never made, since I learned about these things, I've never made a mistake. In making major decisions in my life. Now I'm not. I'm, I'm not that. I'm not old, you know. But I'm, I'm just talking about in the last 20 years, in the last 19 to 20 years, really, that I said learn about these things. I've never made any major decision, you know. Sometimes when I was working every year, I took a break. I took. I took a break. Not necessarily well a leave, and I would just go back to. Sometimes I go back to Ife. Just go to sports center. I just begin to pray in other tongues. For one week, I wake up in the morning, take my bath, go to sports center. I have a book called Following God's Plan for Your Life. I, I'm working now. You know, I can afford something I can afford. I can stay in a hotel. I don't have to, but I'll go back to for, uh, sports center and I'll pray in spirit, pray in other tongues. Lord, what is it you want me to do? Lord, what is it you want me to do? For those five years, I kept praying like that to know whether it was time for me to get into the ministry, you know, what we call full-time, you know, leave that paid job as it were. You know, until I, I knew. I remember I went to Tulsa in 2018 and just checking on the greater one inside of me, you know. And I just knew it was time to make that decision. It was that right. Like, I, it was so right. I, I'll tell you this. It was so right that just about when I had put in my resignation and leaving, there was an incident that happened in the office after I'd left a particular team amongst those teams. That if I was still working in that firm or hadn't left or put in my resignation, I would have been put in. It was a, finan- it was a huge financial mess that they are still in court today. I was so, like, it was so 
right. Like, you know, sometimes it's later you're thinking about these things that you then realize. You know, but the Holy Spirit knows. I remember then my heart was, you need to leave now. You need to leave now. You need to leave now. Now, put in your resignation. But the greater one. Let us just rise to our feet. <laughs> Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Thank you, Father. Glory be to God. Glory. Let's just begin to worship God. Thank you, Lord Jesus.